With you. And the Spartans. Kenneth Walker. Touchdown, Michigan State. 27 yards. Here we go. Michigan has struggled giving up the big play. They lose people in coverage. And here, misaligned at the snap again. Flag on the play. Walker. Touchdown, Spartans. Michigan State. Confusing this Michigan defense. Spartans quickly to the line of scrimmage. Walker, can he get in? Touchdown, MSU! Stay quickly to the line of scrimmage. Third down and three. Walker! Here's the give. Walker! Kenny Walker! Touchdown! Smarty! I'm going to be there! 36! 33! What they talking about now, huh? What they talking about now? It sounded good. It sounded good before the game. Thanks, uh, Mike Hart. Uh, Coach D said it'll never be over, still not over. Thanks, uh, Winovich. Thanks, um, Luan. Thanks, Braylon Edwards. I bet you know uh, Chuck Brantley's name now, don't you? It sounded good, but uh, I don't know what they're talking about now. And thanks, Spartan Nation, for being out there and sticking with us through the game while we were down. Um, they stayed with us. I didn't see anybody leave, so we appreciate you all from the bottom of our hearts. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us on this Thursday. I am here with my co-host, former NFL and MSU running back, J.U. Calkrick. Say hi, J.U. Hi, J.U. And our stat man, our number one better, the hottest better in Michigan, Chandler Nash. How are we doing, Chandler? Great, Frank. It's been a wonderful five days. I had a decent weekend as well. Uh, I'm guessing J.U. did as well. And right now, since I'm quarterback in this operation, a good quarterback knows when to hand it to his workhorse running back, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. J.U. Colcrick, take the floor. Thanks, Frank. I just wanted a quick second here to just recap and download from this past weekend's game. Um, a lot of people might be like, oh, well, Jay, you're not from the state of Michigan. You don't understand the rivalry, blah, 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 and everything like that. My first experience, my first gain of hatred with Michigan came my junior year in high school. I had just committed to Michigan State going into the summer going into my senior year. Michigan calls me, hey, we want you to bring you in for a visit. I said, I just committed to Michigan State. Click. They hung up on me. All right. Then come to school. And, and then really start living and being a part of that rivalry. All right. My time playing at Michigan State, I never beat Michigan. We lost in triple overtime. We lost in double overtime. We lost in and one season. We got our asses kicked and then another overtime game. 
All right. So I can't, you know, I, I've never been, I've never held the Paul Bunyan trophy, but I do know what the rivalry means. So when I'm going to the game and all week long, all these Michigan fans are reaching out to me, talking shit, talking their talk. And this week I was pretty good. I kept my cool, kept my composure and everything. I listened to Woodward Talks, Braylon Edwards, and that Ryan guy who was just all on Braylon's dick. And from what I've heard about Braylon, he probably likes it. All right. Hey. And then going back to Braylon's dad calling the radio to fight his son's battle. Hello, your son's a 30 plus year old grown ass man can fight his own battle. And then having all these Michigan fans after the game. Now, when I want to talk my shit, they're all in their feelings. Like I did something to them. One guy said, oh, you never even you never even won against Michigan. So how can you blah, blah, blah. You congratulations on on, um, you know, taking part of their victory when you never even beat Michigan. First of all. Dude, you went to northern Michigan. You never even played football. And all the victories that Michigan have, you're the one that's enjoying it, celebrating it, when you never even was part of the rivalry, northern Michigan guy. And then second, I go to the local watering hole. This lady comes up to me. Hey, um, can you please take it easy on my husband today? He's had a bad, a bad day today. I look at him. He's soaking in his beer. I said, fuck no. I'm not taking it easy on him. Because last night he was talking shit and now it's my turn to come in and talk shit. That's the problem with Michigan people, not Michigan people, Michigan fans. They want to talk all their shit. And then at the end of the game, they want to come up with excuses after they get their asses beat. They want to come up with excuses. Hello, you lost. You gave up a 16 point lead. All right. I got shit when we gave up a 17 point lead and lost in triple overtime. All right. I got shit for that. Now it's time for you fucking blue bellies to hold your fucking L. All right. Take your L for the rest of the year and know that you were beaten by the better team, the better coach team this week. And you have to deal with that for the next 360 whatever days that's left until October 22nd of 2022 when we play you guys again then you can you have the right to talk shit the week prior to that because that's all Michigan fans do is talk shit, regurgitate shit from the past over and over again and live in the past. And then when they get the asses beat, it's all about excuses, 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 excuses. So at the end of the day, as Eminem, a Detroit guy once said, I'm going to end this with a thank you and fuck you and have a nice day. Oh, oh. From the top rope, from the top rope. That's my running back. That's my running back. Boys, boys, rinse and repeat, right? It's just like all the fuel they talk the whole week and then all the excuses afterward. It's just ho-hum. It's part of beating them now, right? I mean, what is it? 10 of the last, what was it? 10 of the last 14, Chandler? Something like that? Yeah. Yep. yep. 10 yeah. of the last 14. And, and you got these slappies in the media that are pushing it too. I don't know if you guys saw Rich Eisen come out and say, have an eight-minute montage about how the refs did this or that. And, J.U., I kid you not, I don't know if you saw it, he's sending still shots of random plays where they should have <laughs> called holding or whatnot on key pivotal plays. I could send, if I gave this guy any credence on that argument, I could send that guy 25 pictures of Michigan penalties, I'm sure, during the game as well. But how petty is that? They lost it on the field. Luckily, I know a lot of people who admitted that. 
that they lost this game on the field. It was not the refs. But the over-sounding just explanation or lack there of explanation for a loss was it was the refs. We all know it wasn't. It was lost on the field by the team. Rich Eisen did that clip in a fucking green sweater, which was the most ironic thing I have ever seen in my fucking life. But let's back up. Let's back up. We're already talking about the post game because we are in the post game. And obviously we've been through it already a week. You know, we don't do this show the day after, but Jay, you, you were there, right? Yep. All right. So talk, uh, talk to us about that atmosphere in East Lansing. Me and Chandler were together. We were watching it with a bunch of buddies and sweet God, I don't regret doing that at all. I mean, I had an absolute blast watching it with a bunch of Sparties um, beating up on the one Michigan guy there, but tell me about, East Lansing, tell me about that atmosphere. It had to just be an absolute colossal zoo. The atmosphere was absolutely electric. Um, mind you, let me tell you, it took 40 minutes to yeah. get from Grand River to the stadium. You know, and Nuts. this was like at nine o'clock in the morning. D'Antonio, our boy, friend of the show, Mark D'Antonio, he said it took him an hour and like 15 to 30 minutes to get from his house to the stadium. And he actually said one of the things he misses is that uh, the police escort. Keep <laughs> yeah. going, keep going. But I thought yeah. that was and it was just because I didn't have a specific tailgate purposely because I wanted to bounce around tailgate, tailgate, get different vibes and everything. And it was just absolutely electric. There were people there like diehard Sparties. There were some diehard Wolverines there. I'm telling you, it was a great atmosphere, great setups. But the best thing about it was there's been years that, you go in the stadium, you, it'll, it might, it'll be 70-30, you know, Spartans to Wolverines. This, I think it was 90-10, Sparty Wolverine in the stadium. Um, the best thing about it, too, they stuck the Michigan band up top of the stadium. Usually they're on the field. This time they're up top. No way. Top row. Oh, yeah, top row of the stadium. And I looked around the stadium, all green. And yeah. you, you'll see one yellow hat here and there and everything like that. And then – the even better part about it was after the game, walking out of the stadium well, yeah. and just seeing these fucking dopes with their heads down, already conjuring <laughs> up the excuses that they're going to give. And, you know, like that was the best part. But the atmosphere was electric. It was loud. The entire I did not sit down the entire game. Was any, I mean, yeah. Nobody sat down because yeah, yeah. ev everyone was standing up the entire game. It was super loud. The fans stuck through. Even when we were down 16, you know, the fans were nobody left. Everyone was still into the game, still engaged. And it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, definitely looking around when that game started. So, you know, leading up to the pregame here, you know, Jay, you gave a little bit of your rant. Chandler, I want you to yell about it too. You know, leading into this thing, uh, you know, Fuck Taylor Lewan. That that clip was the most egregious thing I've ever seen in my life. He should eat crow for the rest of his life for that. I've never seen a guy sound more like uh, a Michigan guy, like a like a like a uh, stereotypical. Pro, stereotypical. Thank you, like Michigan guy. Then that quote, like if I could build the Michigan fan and put that quote together, that was that. So fuck him first off. Fuck Braylon just for in general. The Armani guy on Woodward Sports. He sucks ass too. And then a big fuck you to Charles Charles Woodson for running, running that flag up and down the field to start that game. And to your point, JU, that's when we got a good look at the crowd. And I was definitely looking for like a 60-40. And I I noticed it was pretty like 
dark colored because i mean everyone was all green for that game and i was yeah. just like i guess they must be wearing blue because i did not see the yellow out there and it would have there wasn't it would have been easy to, easy to spot and shout out to shout out to um calvin johnson shout yeah. out to reggie bush <laughs> yeah <know>? reggie <laughs> shout out to those guys for staying true even at halftime reggie stuck through with his prediction about michigan state coming back and shout out to megatron Pay the man his money. <laughs> that was cash. That was great. That was great. So, Ju, I want to know. I mean, we had a ton of big plays in that game, and and what was the loudest that you heard the stadium? Was it Kenneth Walker's last touchdown? Was it maybe the Cade missed exchange, or excuse me, JJ missed exchange with Corum? Like there were so many big plays. What was the one moment you remember not being able to hear? I think that uh, fourth and one that throw to uh, Naylor. Oh, yeah. that, that went electric. The place went electric because that was one. It was a ballsy call. And, you know, everyone expected Walker to get the ball. And ballsy call. And he did that. And also, too, shout out to you, Frank. You win. Uh, they did do a flea flicker. Yeah, they did. A, <laughs> they did a flea flicker and they wore all greens with the regular logo. Yes. So I was two for two there. The one thing I was incorrect about the jerseys and. I thought the green they had on was a darker shade, but it was just the regular green. Yeah. 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 I don't know why. I think it was just like it was an overcast day and everything was so goddamn green that I thought it was like, and they just looked like they were in like combat army shit. Like, I don't know. I just, maybe it's just because they won and I'm a fucking slappy, but like, I thought that was just the. the I, I get a little point because they, they wore black socks. Yeah, no, you did. Yeah, that's what you texted. I go, I win beers, boys. You go, you go black socks. I was like, cool, cool, okay, you. I'll get you a fucking, I'll get you a mini beer shooter. I, I got to, I mean, that fourth down lob to Naylor, that play. So right off the rip, like the one thing I want to say is just like, I do not think Thorne played well. With that being said, he made every single big throw. He made every throw he needed to make, but I don't think he played like a full complete game. But if you look on the other side of things, Cade played a phenomenal game, but didn't make the big play. So it's kind of just like, you know, you can have all the stats without the W every time, but Thorne made all the big dick throws. The fourth down and four, the, the bomb to read on the one yard line, when that went in the air, I mean, that's where for me the game was like, we're, we're back. Like we're, we have a shot at this thing. Cause before that down 16 on that fourth down, I was leaning towards this is, this is ugly. And when he let that pass go, I said, we're fucked. Cause I didn't think that was going anywhere, but out of bounds or an incomplete pass. Oh no. I, I had the benefit of being on the field to see it develop. And um, so, but that throw that you're talking about, the only person that I've seen and don't, I am not comparing thorn to this person. <laughs> so don't, you know, start DMing me and everything like that. <laughs> the only person that I've seen throw a better ball down the chimney like that. And we've talked about, you know, those chimney throws, you know, Santa's too fat to get down the chimney. So you just throw the gifts down. Yeah. That's a chimney throw right there. The only person I've seen him throw better than that than that was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, it was a dime. It was yeah. perfect. He couldn't have put it anywhere else. And the coverage was good. The coverage was great. It was great coverage. And you know what? I want to give a, I know I give Tucker shit about wearing shorts at Miami and everything like that, you know, cause I'm a through and through D'Antonio guy, but I have to give Tucker credit. Yeah, um, a little bit. Just sitting there and watching him. 
watched him, his demeanor never changed. And I saw at the end of the, I, the point I knew we were going to win the football game was at the end of the fourth quarter at the, I'm sorry, the end of the third quarter, starting the fourth, I knew we were going to win that game solely because I saw him on the field, getting the guys ready, getting them amped up, clapping his hands, the intensity you could see in his face and his eyes. I looked at my cousin. I was like, shit, we're going to win this game. Yeah. He's like, how do you know? I was like, look, look down there. And it was, that was the moment that started playing some music. Sparty started dancing on the sidelines and then (laughs) Michigan started dancing, you know, in retaliation, the refs had to go pull people back and everything. That was like, I I was like, fuck, we're winning this game. And the thing with, with, um, Tucker and his coaching staff, they stayed the course the entire time. Mm-hmm. There was never a, a, a part of panic or anything throughout the game. Down 16, they didn't change the game plan. We're just going to stick with the run. We're going to throw the ball when we need to. And, I, you know, give credit to, to that coaching staff on that game plan for Michigan. And, and Jay, to that point, I mean, I saw the same thing as far as demeanor goes. You saw Tucker almost invested more in the game really pumping his team up, really energizing them where Harbaugh almost has that whiny type of feel yep. on the sideline, you know, where it's, he's always in the ref's ear. He's not focused on getting his guys back after a call that doesn't go their way or whatnot. So that was a big difference I saw on the sideline this game and, and definitely had an effect on the game. Um, and, you know, I agree with you as far as the coaching staff. I thought they did a great job. I thought they made the adjustments they needed to to bend but not break in the second half, not give up that many points. The defense played way better the second half. They were giving it up over the middle all day, and they figured out how to kind of stop that and slow that down at the end. And to your point on the offense, they stayed true to the run game and that tempo – they were able to pick up on that tempo on Michigan. Yeah. Michigan oh, kept yeah. substituting, yeah. and they just kept getting those second and fives and just doing a quick snap, and it actually resulted in two touchdowns on the on the tempo. And you can feel the the break on on their side. I mean, even after the game, you know, whether they're blaming the refs or like the the linemen are blaming the linebackers or the the, the linebackers are blaming the signal callers for not getting the plays in, and it's just you just feel kind of like just that this this loss just like had to break them and even heading into this week, you know, Tuck's talking about Purdue, which I fucking love and Michigan's still crying about Michigan state. And I, right. just, I just feel like it's a total different direction of programs at this moment in time. You know? Yeah, and I think, I think Chandler hit on a good point there when he said, you could see D'Antoni, uh, you could see Tucker's demeanor and you saw Harbaugh whining to the refs and, you know, not, coaching his team in tough moments. Overall, I think um, Michigan got flat out outcoached. There's no way you should have that many. I think they had about three or four illegal substitution. All right. There's not, you know, the rules, you have to know the rules. If the offense subs, you can sub. If they don't sub, they don't have to wait for you. It's that simple. That, and that, and that's the stuff where it's like Thorne didn't, I still don't think played that great of a game, but like, he saw that and was just like, go, go routes, go routes. Who cares? Yep. Just go. Like, let's just free play it. Let's free play him all day. And they converted yeah. on every one. Yeah, he, he was a great game manager. Um, You know, like you said, he didn't play the best. I 
I wouldn't say he didn't play the best. I think he was he played the best for the situation he was in. Um, to be a hundred percent honest, I think we got our asses kicked on the edges, mm-hmm. our tackle from tackle to tackle. Um, you know, we we didn't get. You know, we we needed to do something. We needed to chip Hutchison. We needed to chip Ardobo. Um, you know, we needed to get extra help on those guys. And I just think Peyton, when he had time to throw, that's when you saw those great throws. Yeah. You know, I don't think he had the time. Yeah. Like that. And I think I think more so it, it's more so based on what my expectation was for the game because whether you know I got the jerseys right, you know whatever else I got right, the things I got wrong was the style of the game is because. I said on Thursday of last or whatever, whatever we recorded last week, I said, we want Michigan to be scared to throw the ball. Like, and they just, they just threw the ball all over us and we stopped the run. And then in my head, I thought Peyton Thorne was going to have to have a career game for us to win. Cause I did not expect, and we haven't even talked about it yet. I did not expect Kenneth Walker to do that. Cause I just thought Michigan was going to go full Belichick and shut down the best player type deal. And, you know, Kenny went for 205, you know, 200 yards and five tons. Um, and I just, I really didn't, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it to be that great. That was like a made up stat line. I was saying to my friends before the game, you know, and that's, that's what I wanted to touch on Frank. And I want to hear it from Jay being the former running back yeah. seeing it in person. Man. I mean, how was that performance live and where does that stack up to you in all your experience of playing football as someone just taking over the game? and completely dominating, especially in that big of a game? Uh, Being 100% honest, I think that's like probably the second or third most dominating running back game that I've seen um, in person or on TV uh, because every single time that Walker touched a ball, there was that – he could bake, he could break it. He could bake a big one. He yes. could get it, you know, like yes. there was just every single time he You're touched shitting the ball. You're shitting your pants as a Michigan fan every time. Right, exactly. Um, he is a smart runner. Um, he brings, um, if you're a running backs coach, you need to watch Walker and do some cut up clips because all the drills that you teach, run it into the back of the defender, keep your feet, keep your feet, jump cut, go outside and hit it down there. Those are everything came to fruition that he did. Um, you know, he used Michigan's aggressiveness against them when they over pursued. You know, he went one and then jump cut out and went against the grain for them. A lot of those runs were not designed to go where they were. That just mm-hmm. gives credit to the the vision that he has for the game and also to his pre-snap reads and his game intelligence that gives um, a lot of, you know, credit to those things. And I think it was just an absolute dominant performance on his part. And, and not only is bit, you know, not only his ability, but something that caught my eye, Jay, I feel like he just gets through the smallest creases at the line and then bursts through, like there's almost no hole there. He slips through a crease and it's like, He's gone. It's one cut, and he and he's going in the north. North. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, he has that. He's very good at start stop. Um, he reminds me of like Le'Veon a little bit in that sense, where it's like you get a little hole, little patience, and then he hits it. You know, like he uses that patience. Like, like you know, Le'Veon was the most wildly patient running back I've ever seen. But I feel a little that with Kenneth, how he waits for that hole and then just kind of slips through. Yeah, I see that, but I don't think um, he's at Livion's is, is as explosive as Kenneth is. No, yeah, I agree. With but that. yeah, I do see that patience. Yeah. JU, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. 
Have you seen a better football player at Michigan State in your time or since your time being there? <laughs> a better football player. Um, a better football player overall or better running back? Better football player. Um, if you said better, like since I played or through up, up until since you now. Played. Since you played. Um, I would I would have to say um, I would still take Javon Ringer over over Walker. Um, I love Walker. Don't get me wrong. I would still I think uh, Javon did some freakish things, um, you know, and yeah, I would take Javon over Walker. But like I'm saying, that's a close yeah, that's you know. a headline. That's a headline. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so something we do got to touch on here. Um, like, well, let's talk about the calls. Like, you know, I mean, that's what Michigan's yelling about. Let's, you know, let's take our approach to them. Obviously, we want to just say, ah, fuck it, refs don't win the game or anything. But there was definitely some very, I mean, I was biting my fingernails on a lot of those reviews. You know, so the first one, obviously, is Michigan's up 10 to nothing. Um, and and uh, Kenny scores. Looks like a walk-in. Everyone's hanging out, chilling. And the next thing you know, they're reviewing it. And it was like, holy shit, he squeezed that thing so tight. It just it popped out on him. Now, I, I would, I'm hard pressed to even find Michigan fans that are arguing against overturning that, you know? So like, we think he crossed the line. They reviewed it, said it was fine. That was the call on the field that it was a touchdown. But now with that one happening, the controversy really comes with Thorne's shin being down or not being down. And the call on the field was a fumble for a touchdown. And if we're just being honest, and that's what I'm going to, I was 100% thought that call was going to stand and it was going to be a touchdown. I thought it was close as shit, but I thought it was one of those where they weren't going to see enough to overturn it. Obviously they did. Um, Just thoughts, thoughts on that. Um, Well, I, from looking, I didn't think because they called it a touchdown. I didn't, I was like, fuck, it's going to stand. But what we have to realize is if you're sitting in the stadium watching a replay, if you're sitting at home watching a replay, the refs see the same replays, but they have the ability to, the replay that you see from behind, they can freeze that. And then the replay you see from the front, they can freeze that and put it side by side and piece that picture together. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people don't understand. And they saw it live. And right, they, right, they are exactly. on the field watching it live as well. Right. So, I mean, you know, like I, I thought it was a, you know, a close one, especially being overturned. That was the thing. I was Correct. Like, Correct. That's like, yeah. You know, so, but fuck, I'll take it. I mean, fuck, I started doing laps around the house that I was in. You know what I mean? Like I'll take it all day. Uh, and it, it's again, like, I don't think that, I think it really swings the momentum of the game, but I don't know if it wins the game for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the other one was a catch, the fingertip grab. Uh, who was that? Was that Reed or was that, that Naylor? Reed. Yeah. That Reed. was Reed. the two point conversion. No, no the one. Uh, the one oh, he oh, had, oh. He got his fingers under. Oh, yeah. I wasn't worried about that. That was a catch that all day. Catch too, yeah. That was okay. a catch all day. Yeah. The, the one I was worried about was a two point conversion. Yeah, a little bit. But he got like three steps in. He kind of walked yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but I was thinking like, oh, my God, NFL rule. But then I was had to realize it's not college rules. It, you know, it's college rules, not NFL rules. But the, the thing about that play is I don't know if you guys noticed, like, the ballsiness and the confidence that that uh, the coaching staff have in Reed because they shifted. They put quads on the far left side. It was one-on-one. 
on the right side. And this said, our fucking guy is better than your fucking guy. And let's fucking battle it out right now. Thorne didn't even look to the other side. It was just a quote unquote. It's that's the typical one-on-one DB versus wide receiver drill you do in practice. My guy's better than your guy. And this is it. And to have Kenneth Walker, like, it was just for and to get two two point conversions without without using him, you know. I mean, of course, right. he's like you're thinking about him, like you're always using him if he's out there. But like to not do a run and play or something designed for him, you know, like on those two two point conversions on both fourth downs, like the play action lob, which you mentioned right at the start of the show, Jay, like that was those were just like do or die, fucking winning win the game plays, and we hit every one of them. We hit we hit every one of them. And the ones that they needed, they missed. They dropped balls on third down. They dropped balls behind the line. Like, they fumbled as the game got – there was more pressure on the game. And I, I do think it just comes down to that that coaching, that leadership, and that, like, trust in the guys around you. Exactly. And I just really feel like this, this win was just, you know, it's – what is it? It's Harbaugh's seventh year, you know, uh, it's – and it's – he just can't win these games. He just can't win these games. And I'm just – it seems like the Michigan fan base is just like done with them. Yeah. I mean, the best, you know, like people were chanting fire hardball. I'm like, no, you don't want to fire him. That's like, that's good for us. A question for you guys. Could you hear it on the TV when the entire student section was screaming, fuck Jim Harbaugh? No, it no. was absolute. It echoed throughout the entire stadium. Jesus it was just Christ. fucking hardball. It was absolutely crazy. They they had they did it for one time. They did it for like two minutes straight, and then it, it, like there was several rounds of it. <laughs> That's insane. That's crazy. So- it's crazy. And you know what? I mean, you hit it on the head, Jay. I don't want Jim Harbaugh gone. I mean, MSU's four and three against him. We want Jim Harbaugh there, and I think Michigan and the Michigan fan base should still want him there. I understand your frustrations as a, a rivals, but. Let's put it into perspective. If Michigan runs the table, mm-hmm. they're going to get into the college football playoff. They will get into the college football playoff if Michigan runs the table because either Michigan State's going to be the number two or number one team in the nation at that point, or Michigan's going to go to the Big Ten title game and win the Big Ten. So everyone who's, like, scrapping the season as a Michigan fan, that just shows me they have no confidence that they're going to turn this around. And just like each of the last six years – they're going to stumble into the finish line. I think most Michigan fans think it's a nine to three season now. And, and yeah. I mean, if, if they go on and beat Ohio state, I'd be curious to know truly if you asked Michigan fans, like at the beginning of the season, Hey, p- pick one, you get to pick one win. Would you rather beat Ohio state or Michigan state? I'm, I'm curious as to what they'd pick, you know? Yeah. Cause don't let them, don't let them fool you. You want to sit back and say, "Oh, this is not this. It's our little brothers." They they care about this shit because they hurt about it, and they they they're talking shit. They're jumping off bridges. They're it doesn't even know. it doesn't even bother me. It's just like par for the course. I mean, call us little brother, act like you don't care, like talk a bunch of shit leading up to it. It like it just helps us. It really does just help us. And I, and I, that's like part of the culture D'Antonio built. It's like that's like the Spartan dog shit, right? It's just like that's just kind of like what it is it's like you can call us whatever you want we'll just take the dubs and speaking of spartan dogs there there were a lot of former players in the house there you know yeah you know i was there with drew stanton was there connor cook was in there Uh, lorenzo white it was it was packed with all spartan dogs yeah hey jay speaking of the spartan dogs was there's a lot of uggs 
and leggings. Blonde uh, <laughs> hair, right. big right. sunglasses. All right. Yep. We're all we're North all, face jackets. Uh, <laughs> we're all horny for a win. So Michigan State wins. Uh, I think that one, you know, that one goes down for one of the best football games I've ever watched. I mean, I think it's I was thinking about it today, you know, I'm like, was that better with trouble with the snap? Like in some ways it, it was, it didn't have like the fantastic finish, but it had just an amazing comeback. And, you know, cause even with trouble with the snap, it's like, there's, there's definitely a stroke of luck in there for sure. You know, that play was so improbable. This was like, you know, I mean, we got some, we got some calls that went our way for sure, but this was like, we, we won the game. Like the better team won the game. I think this game was the best game out of the, out of the last 14 years. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was, I mean, just to come out on top of this one, like we'll always have this one. We'll always have when they were in the top 10 undefeated until it happens again in another 60 years. Like we, before, we got this one. Before we jump off this, I have a question about does, does um, that, does Jim Harbaugh and that um, JJ, what's his last name? Carthy? Yeah. Do they have like a agreement that he has to play so many snaps or something like, like why would you pull your guy? What that's, that's hot. And then put this other guy in. Here's here's my theory. They're they're afraid he's going to transfer. Yeah, if he doesn't yeah. see time because if Cade lights it up and plays too good, there's no way you can replace him going into their senior season. So my thought is five star quarterback. He needs to see some glimmer uh, or light at the end of the tunnel. They need to keep him till next year because even if he sits next year, they for sure know he's going to play his junior year. But that's my only reason I think Jay because Cade was Cade played a good game. He played a really really good game, played a really good game. And um, there's a lot of controversy over whether Cade was in the tent or not when JJ fumbled, which I think is just pretty interesting. Like no one can confirm or deny whether he was in the tent before or after what the hell happened, but the ball was going the other way when he was out of it. That's for sure. All right. State wins. Very exciting for us. Um, you know, we've probably lost all our Michigan viewership. Oh, last note. Seriously, last note on the fucking game. A-plus to Michigan State marketing event team, whatever, for having Sparty come out dressed as Paul Bunyan. Um, that was hilarious. I thought that was funniest-looking fucking Sparty I've ever seen. He had the full beard. He had the red flannel on, and he had jeans. He had fucking jeans on in with his, like, gigantic thighs, and I thought it was just, like, the most hilarious Sparty I've ever seen. And fun fact, I posted Paul Bunyan Sparty on the champagne account yesterday. I woke up the next day. I'd lost 14 followers. I don't know what happened. It was, fucking, <laughs> it was like the last straw for my Michigan fans. For our Michigan fans. I think they were just like, fuck this. The guys now he's posting the mascot dressed as Paul Bunyan. I can't do it. So let's just put a bow on all the college stuff right now. So let's do our betting picks last week. Perfect. Three and oh. All three of us picked uh, the team for boys. these lads. Nice job, team. We did good there. I needed a, a bounce back, so it was nice. I could lean on the dogs. Um, I'm going to lean on hey, you guys Frank first. Hit plus four and a half, Jay, just so the, the audience knows. Me and All Jay right. hit a money line. Frank got him plus four and a half. <laughs> I took a money line. You, Chandler, I, t- Chandler, I took the bet right in front of you. Right in front of you, I took the bet. I said, I'm taking a money line. I said, I'm putting down the biggest bet of my life. So yeah, beat my ass, Chandler. Take, <laughs> take the points. I took them so many fucking ways, Jay. You got no idea. Hey, hey. Nothing mattered after that. I was handing out money. No, it's screw you tape. guys. 
Fuck you guys, man. All right. You guys, you guys pick first. I'm picking on the fly this week. Picking on the fly, literally looking at the lines as we go. So if you guys are ready to go, go, because I'm not ready at all. I'll take the rock here. So this is kind of an under-the-radar rivalry. I guess it's a rivalry that's kind of been renewed because it's not as lopsided. Fun fact for this rivalry, guys, from 1985 to 2010, this team beat this other team 25 straight times. 25 straight times, okay? We're going to the SEC East. We're going Tennessee at Kentucky. Kentucky laying one point on Saturday night. Kentucky's lost two straight games, both on the road, though at Georgia, at Mississippi State. They're looking for a bounce-back game. They can still salvage a two-loss season because after Tennessee, they have Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and Louisville. Those are three Ws. Big game for the Wildcats. Mark Stoops will have the troops ready after two straight losses. And straight up, Tennessee stinks. Michigan is the Tennessee of the SEC. (laughs) Give me Kentucky minus one. All right. All right. Cheeky, cheeky. Well, as for me, I'm going to stay in the Big Ten this week. And everyone says, oh, this is a trap game. This is it, the hangover game. We're going to be riding too high. But I said, fuck it. I'm rolling with my dogs. All right. I think Tucker's going to get them ready to go. I'm taking the Spartans at Purdue minus three. Cue the fight song, Frank. This guy is Mr. Spartan. Yeah, he's just – yeah, he's dialed in. I got MSU lining him up. All right, I got I forgot to put in last week because we all just, you know, we're screaming with D'Antonio. Um, all right, MSU minus three. They're going to be on my slate for sure. I love the line. I don't, you know, I mean, it feels like a trap line, everything about it. If we weren't state fans, I'd be terrified of it. But, you know, just all I'm going to say is just tuck coming. You know, that's it, tuck coming. All right. So for me, you know, I got to go dogs. It's still, it's still dog fall for me, you know, feels like it's lost some steam because I started off so hot, but you know, last week was the biggest dog win of my life. Biggest bet I ever threw. And I threw it on the money line, whether you guys want to fucking dog me for taking the points or not. I did throw it on the goddamn money line, but we are going to go with um, a game two, you know, sec game here that I think is, it should be close. And I don't really have much insight. I don't have as in, much insight as Chandler will ever provide. But I'm, I'm taking Auburn on the road at Texas A&M uh, plus five with Bo Nix. think five is too many. I think it should be like two and a half, three. I think they'll keep it close, maybe even win the game. Auburn Isn't Bo Nix hurt? Is he hurt? <laughs> is he out? I, he was hurt last game. That's I don't think he's a... out. Uh, all right. They're, Bo Nix is good, but Frank, don't sleep on their backup. I think he was the old LSU quarterback. Yeah, he came, well, he came in the game and tore it up. Yeah, the last yeah. time that I picked a game where I didn't know who was starting at quarterback <laughs> was when Russell Wilson went down, and it was the same line. It was plus five, and the Seahawks covered that. So I am better off going in blind. I'm sticking with Auburn plus five. All right, boys. Doing it on the fly ain't easy. Should probably prepare a little more. All right. Now that we've done college football, let's talk about the Red Wings here very briefly um, because there isn't much to talk about. It's kind of the same story. Over the weekend, you know, Wings played Toronto at Toronto. I was pretty excited for the game and then State won, and I don't remember a single thing after that game ended um, because I drank about 100 beers during the game. And I think once the game ended, I just released everything, every thought from my brain, and I just just fogged out. But the, the Wings had two games in Canada over the weekend. Uh, or Saturday, and then earlier this week, they played Toronto and they played Montreal. Uh, played 
Toronto somewhat close, ended up losing five to four. They got a goal late uh, to make it look a little closer. No Bertuzzi in that game. Montreal, another piss poor effort versus Montreal, got shut out. Larkin is was missing from that game for personal reasons. Um, and a little bit of the momentum for the Red Wings has slowed. And it's just like every talk radio with the Red Wings is just like, is Bertuzzi going to get going to get vaccinated? And we're already a third through the games that he's going to miss. There's nine that he's going to miss. He's missed three. And we are we've lost all of those games and we've been outscored something ridiculous. Like we've been outscored. Uh, I'm trying to like add it in my head, but a ton. It's like a lot. We're a different team without him. When we don't have the fucking depth to uh, play without him, and without Larkin, without, I still, without the top line, we're 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 toast. I still want to find out if he can if he can play in New York. Yeah, I don't. I don't in, even know in the in the city at least. I mean, because it's an indoor venue, so I'm not sure. But just so you know, just a little Red Wing, beware, 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 Frankie and Chandler, beware. Saturday, Saturday, seven p.m. The wings are in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, we got to tune in for that one. We got to tune in. It'll be a good bounce back game for the wings. It'll be good. Oh, hey, if it. you guys want to put some beers on it, oh, I'm in. Fucking beers on it. Like, I don't know if you posted it. I think you did on your social media, but I thought what was cool was Belano rolling up to the game with Stevie Y that one day. Yeah. Like it's his dad taking him to the game, driving across the border together, and he just gets dropped off at the rink and plays in an NHL game that night. And he scored. Right. It was so sick. They, I mean, he said like he was kind of nervous, but he said Iserman like carried the conversation. I heard Valeno took a nap too. That's what he said. He took a little nap in the car with the GM, but talk <laughs> about getting some good FaceTime, but I'd be shitting my pants the whole way there. But, we yeah. know Frank. We yeah. know. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> Maurice Sider, rookie of the month. Um, which is fucking awesome. He doesn't have a goal yet, but he's playing a ton of ice time. He's an absolute anchor back there. The future is very bright. Um, I think a little bit of the uh, early year excitement's wearing off. I hope they can bounce back and get some wins, but it really kind of shows, I think, what the team is without without Burton, Burton Larkin. Uh, you know, that top line really, really carries the team. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Be patient. It's going to take time. Yeah. For sure. And I think we were all ready to just like blow our loads at the start of this season because they were winning games and we weren't used to it. And they're still fun to watch. Um, all right. So Chandler, our baseball correspondent, trying to ease trying to ease me back into the game I used to play my whole life. You know, we got a World Series champ last night. Uh, I fell asleep during it, uh, you know, but Braves win the World Series. Chandler, Chandler, help us out here. So let's put it into perspective here. The Braves during the season lost their best pitcher, Mike mm -hmm. Soroka, and then they lost their best player, Ronald Acuna, for the year, NL MVP favorite. And they still come back and they win on the backs of some big acquisitions at the trade deadline. Let's take a look at their outfield. Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler hit a big three-run bomb yesterday to put him up 3-0 early. Eddie Rosario, he was big. Big move at the deadline. Jock Peterson, we know him. If you're a casual fan, he's the guy with the pearls. He was a trade deadline guy. Adam Duvall, huge series, trade deadline guy. And then you had Austin Riley, a young guy who played out of his mind. The Braves definitely earned it. Um, I'm hoping that yesterday was the last game 
for Carlos Correa in an Astros uniform and that he makes his way to Comerica Park next year. Um, but the Braves definitely earned it. Definitely a surprise. If you said who was the top favorite in the NL, I think most people would have said the Dodgers. If you say second favorite, they would have said the Giants. Braves were probably the third or fourth favorite team just to come out of the NL, let alone to win the World Series. So big win for the Braves. Big win for the city of Atlanta. First championship since 1995 in any sport. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the Braves, they were like, I believe they're the second team ever to win a World Series being under 500 going into the All-Star break. And um, but, you know, good for them. I, I wanted Atlanta, but I was really I wanted Houston to win because of Dusty Baker. Um, you know, I think they're going to bring him back for another couple of years. I mean, he deserves to be back. He's been no, nothing but winning everywhere he's been. Um, Carrera, I don't think he's going to come back with the Astros because uh, they're not going to pay him the money that he wants. Uh, he's going to go somewhere else and get the money. And plus, he's got to be sick and tired of being booed everywhere <laughs> that they play, except for home, you know. So, yeah, so, I, the, so the Astros is completely disbanding. I mean, are they like, do you think this is like where they are they losing a lot of guys? And like, you know, is Verlander going like all of that? They're, they're going to lose some guys. Um, I think they're, they're going to be definitely weaker than they were this year. Um, El Tuve will still be there, obviously. Um, but uh, they're going to lose some guys to free agency because I don't think Houston has that kind of money to, um, you know, give them what they want that other teams will be willing to pay them. Yeah, you're going to have guys like Lance McCullers still be there, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, good young outfielder. They're going to be fine. They're actually, I think, the second or third favorite MGM put out to win the World Series next year. So they're still going to be good, but – Correa is a big piece to that. Hoping he comes to Detroit for all you baseball fans. Big move for the Tigers today. I, you know, people laugh because you don't hear these names or these catchers' names, but they bring in um, uh, Tucker Barnhart from Cincinnati, two-time Gold Glove winner, catcher, thirty years old, mid two hundreds hitter. He's not bringing him in for the offense. This is a veteran that's going to help our young pitching staff. And Ju to equate it to football. The center kind of calls out everything, right? You're on the O-line. The center and the quarterback work together to make their reads, make their calls. That's what a catcher does in baseball. A catcher controls the game. A Bro, I the know game. baseball. I'm not I, talking I, to you. I threw, I threw up no hitter in fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it'll be a big addition for the Tigers. And I am, being a baseball guy, I'm excited for next year. Tigers should have a couple big offseason signings. They will fight for a playoff position going into September next year. Fuck yeah. I love hearing it. But, I mean, Haas is still going to be around, right? I mean, they're going to – I mean, catcher, obviously, you know, they got to share time to save those knees. So, Haas will still be sticking around whacking dingers, right? Oh, yeah. I would think Haas will be around. You got Dylan Dingler uh, in uh, the uh, minor league system that's going to be coming up. This is a good veteran presence, though, adding Barnhart and especially good – for the development of that young pitching staff. Do they got odds on Correa yet? Have those come out? I mean, I'm sure they're out, you know, on who's going to land them. Has Detroit got a real shot here, or is this just Detroit think as a pipe dream type deal? And is how much money is too much money? Because, you know, we got a guy named Miguel Cabrera who's been around here for a long time. You know what I mean? Well, Mickey's coming crazy. off the books soon. Mickey's right. got his last year this year. So I'm we're going yeah. to have space freed up at that point in time. Uh, he does have a shot. I did see an MLB.com insider the other day state he thought Correa was going to come to the Tigers. Now, 
You got the Yankees. You got the Blue Jays. You've got big market teams. You got the Mets who could shell out some money. You've got big market teams that can go to Korea. But what do we have? We have the manager that he was most successful under, A.J. Hinch. And we have one of the lowest payrolls in the MLB. Think of Cabrera. Outside of that, I don't think we have anyone signed for more than 10 or $12 million a year. So we have an open book to start this rebuild. It's going to take a lot of money. How much money is too much? I'd pay too much money. I just wouldn't give them the time. You want to pay them $35 million for five years? Right. I'm cool with that. I don't want a seven or eight year deal though for thirty or twenty eight million in my. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm asking because you know you that the that's the Cabrera deal where he's where he's thirty nine years old and we're like holy shit he's making that much still. Yep. Good stuff. Baseball's coming back. I'm gonna be a better fan next year. I promise. I promise. Um, a team that I I couldn't be a better fan to um, even if I fucking tried is. The Detroit Lions. J.U., question for you. Are you still back? Are you happy you're back? Do you enjoy being back, as you proclaimed last week? Curious how back you still are, my friend. And remember, once you leave, I'm not letting you back in. What are you, the fucking gatekeeper? To Correct. The I am. To you, I am. To you, I am. Um, you're you're going to gatekeep the mafia from me? That I'm gatekeeping whatever the hell you want to call us, the the, the losers <laughs> no i mean i think every year there's um a team will get punched in the mouth like um and get a bad embarrassing loss you know last year the the box got that punch in the mouth to the saints they got it again this year and this was the lions punch in the mouth you know it's a it's a punch in the mouth that it's it's a wake-up call for the coaching staff it's wake-up a wake-up call, call for we the are player. 0 and 8 we are an say, hey, football team hey man Trust the process. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. Let it simmer a little bit. Give it time. Jay, you, the process right. started in 57, man. <laughs> it for 60 plus years. The process is broken. The system is broken. This was not a punch in the mouth. This was someone was knocked out on the ground and the UFC ref didn't get to the fighter yet. And he threw a fucking ground and pound haymaker on the Lions. And the ref wasn't knocked out. The ref wasn't even in the stadium yet. He was on the train on the way there. I mean, this was like. You're going to get that. 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 We've all been part of that. You're going to get that. We've all been part of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. No, totally. For sure. The two and five. Eagles beat up. What was it? 40. What was it? Like 41 to six? Frank, you're talking to the guy who took the Lions last week plus three and a half. <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. you'd be mad, JU. Yeah. Look at you. Hey, you know, I, 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 I'm not mad. I'm, you know what? But the good thing is, it should be that my boy, big play Slay. Slay. Yeah. Good for him. He got his touchdown. That's like literally the only storyline. From the week, I, I, hey, why why don't you like Slay? I just I don't like him. I don't know what why. You to say I I don't I don't know. I just think he I just, he just rubs me the wrong way. If he wanted to, he wanted to be somewhere there's culture. He wanted to be somewhere that you know that him, they cared about winning. Him wanting to leave was never really like the issue. I just like I didn't really. He never really wanted to like be here at all. I felt like because there was no culture. Yeah, and I just, obviously the people that were, you know, the bosses are gone because of that. So why do you think 
So yeah. I don't really like him just because, like, number one, he can barely, like, speak. When he speaks, he, like, cannot talk. And he is the biggest, like, he is the first guy after every game to dap up whoever it is and, like, start showing them love on Twitter and trade jerseys with them. And just, like, he's the ultimate, like, I love you, man. I hate the organization I'm playing for. Like, I'm all about Slay. I don't think he cares really about, like, what the team does. I think all he cares about is, like, being big play slay and like being being in a boys club with yeah, everyone because, in the NFL because when the when the organization does not care about you and does not want to build around you to make you successful you have to find different ways to expand your brand and your career yeah and that's fine he did it in Philly and he's still the same like Twitter lover ever on another shitty team like so have fun like bouncing around to your shitty teams and trade jerseys like that's fine if that's who he wants to be. It's just not who I really like. But it's not like I like anybody on the Lions right now. So, like, what the fuck does it even matter? It's not like I'm fucking salty left or anything. All right, let's let's, let's get past the Lions now. I don't want you to fucking have an aneurysm. Yeah, I might. Big play fucking slay. Nice. He has, like, two picks since going to Philly. Fucking big play slay. Eat my ass. Okay. Lions wow. lose. <laughs> Lions get crushed <laughs> by Philly. Jared Goff is the worst quarterback in the NFL. You want to talk about an idiot, if like a guy who can't talk? I was talking about golf ripping it to start the year. He's he's terrible, and he's the slowest human I've ever seen in my entire life. I did not know he was that slow a foot until he, I've been watching him on the Lions. He makes Stafford look like a gazelle. Like I, I would take uh, golf over Carson Wentz any day. Yeah, I know once is your boy. <laughs> once is your boy. I wouldn't know. Dude, golf is so how bad. you how you feel about Darius Slays, how I feel about Carson Wentz. Yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> I at least Carson Wentz like plays hard. Golf doesn't even play hard. Golf will at least dive head first for a, full, a first down. And or Wentz will dive head first for a first down. Golf will throw it away um on fourth down. <laughs> that's the difference. Do we have to keep talking about them? No. Moving on to the rest <laughs> of the NFL week eight. What do you guys want to start with? There's there were shitty quarterbacks at one game. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. What do you want I want to start with how about them cowboys? <laughs> yeah, I that got it. Cooper, Cooper Rush, baby. Yes, the, the the central Michigan product, the Michigan boy. Yeah, um, I did I forgot he was a central guy. Yeah, and went out there and you know, because I I said. I told you guys the Cowboys are only going to lose two more games the rest of the year. And Dak was out. I was like, you know what? I'm not too worried. You know, we have a great defense. They're going to do that. And then this fucking guy, Cooper Rush, goes out and just first place, whips it out there to Amari Cooper and just starts, you know, slinging a pill around the yard. I'm like, oh, shit, Cooper Rush. Okay, I see you. The memes on him were like cracking me up. Like people were saying, like he looked like someone you would cast to play Andy Dalton in a movie about Dak Prescott <laughs> and shit like that. Like they were like, if if they used Cooper Rush as like a picture for a football, anything people would not believe it. And it, it's just so true. Backup quarterbacks are the wildest. Like quarterbacks in general, to me, are just like so funny. Sometimes they can look like the most unathletic individuals, and they're literally NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> So, I mean, Cooper Rush gets a dub. Who is our boy, White, on the Jets? Goes in and gets gets a dub. What about your Jets, Jay? Big win. Good weekend for Green and White. The, the Bengals are who we thought they were. Yeah? The Bengals are the Bungles. 
Um, yeah, no, I'm not too excited for the Jets. I could really care less for the Jets. Okay. I care, I care more <laughs> for them than I would the 49ers. Really but... looking at a Jets jersey hanging behind you. It's so funny. <laughs> That's a state jersey. Is it? That no, one's not. Yeah, no, that close one. The Jets. Jets. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, yeah. The uh, another team who's kind of who they're who they we know that they have been is like the Cleveland Browns. They're like casually four and four and kicking receivers out of their practices. Yeah, it's turned to a shit show over there. <laughs> they're Browns and Browns that's, going Browns. Yeah, that's another another person of his dad fighting his battle for a grown man. <laughs> OBJ's dad putting putting the highlight tape together <laughs> with one play on it that Baker didn't throw to his son. It's like you know, at what point if you're OBJ, you know, you got you got to still go in, you know to the locker room and face these guys you go in the media and be like hey you know my dad was you know just protecting his son you know i don't agree with what he's saying or do you just say fuck it i'm all in on dad's side he's he's with his dad <laughs> i mean even if you go, go ahead long overdue for the browns they were a better <laughs> team last year without him they're a better team this year without him he's got to find a new home i'm he's sure he'll land somewhere else but the Browns are a better team without him. And I like people's Jones in that offense over him, to be quite honest with you. He just, he's all about OBJ, you know? So whatever side, whether it's dad or Browns, he's just going to be on OBJ's side. It's just, <laughs> he's just in his own way. He was such a talent, but Steelers, you know, I mean, it's just like ho-hum fucking Steelers beat the Browns at home. Browns are four and four Pittsburgh's four and three. It's just like, steadily happening you know it's like a lot of that i get that green bay detroit vibe over there with those two and speaking of steelers uh one of my favorite coach your favorite coach uh mike tomlin yeah. uh you know he had one great line when they traded malcolm in- Mal- melvin ingram this and you know they were he was doing a press conference they were talking about you know why the trade and stuff and he had one of the best lines i've ever heard he said you know with this organization we're looking for volunteers not hostages <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's so good <laughs> you know that's so mighty so but uh i love it and uh go stillers go stillers go stillers just looking up and down these scores here brady just like kind of has like an achilles heel for regular season new orleans saints um, how, how many people were excited with like a minute something left brady's getting the ball back he's doing like, his he's doing his like he's doing yeah. his fucking like yeah his everyone's yeah. juice and first play he throws a pick six yeah couldn't believe that i lost that i lost a, a bet on that one i had like a little tease going and that pick six buried me there my favorite part of that whole game was the post game sunday Jameis tears his ankle then rips up the dance floor on crutches in the locker room after the game. I mean, that is classic Jameis. That guy has to be the best character in the NFL right now. It's it's so sad that he's he's done for the year. That's such a bummer. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, t- a guy is- that waited his turn and did it the right way, you know, worked his ass off. And then he gets that on a, you know, a horse collar, what they're trying to do. That's exactly why that rule's in place for mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I mean, and he goes out beating, you know, the team that drafted him, or at least contributing to the win, you know. Right. Um, ate that W. All right. Well, anything else? Anything else? We're through. Uh, we're through eight weeks, which would normally be, you know, the midway point. You know, they added the game this year. Um, and I tell you, it looks, you know, the NFC's the NFC's pretty hot. 
you know, we kind of thought it'd be out of the AFC, but the, the NFC has got, it's going to be a battle to get to that. I think if the playoffs were today, it'd be like Bucks Rams round one. I was going like, to say, I think all six or seven teams, whatever it is, I don't know if they're going back to seven this year, but even, even if it's six or seven, all six or seven of those teams could make the Super Bowl right now. If you look at it, you got the Bucks, the Packers, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Cowboys. I mean, that's just five teams right there. Any of those five teams could make the Super Bowl today. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know who the favorite is. I don't know who you take to. I mean, everyone's got to love the got to love the Rams. Um, I'm going with Dallas. Yeah. I'm going with Green Bay. Rogers I know. Got I, out. Rogers and Adams are good now for the rest of the year for sure. <laughs> I uh, I mean I definitely like Green Bay a lot, especially beating them, winning in Arizona this week. Um, doesn't help that Rod. I mean, so so that's a good segue into into week nine here. So Rogers is out because of COVID, and he's unvaccinated and maybe lied about it or something like that. And now this is like, I mean, this is like the Jordan Love. This is kind of how it starts to happen, right? I mean, this is like how he would have a breakout game. I mean, Rogers is so fucking good, but this is kind of just like. This is a big stage for Jordan Love right now to play the Chiefs at four o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it is a big stage. Um, you know, he could either come out and uh, say, "Hey, I'm your next guy," or piss down his legs, which I think that's what he's going to do. You think so? Um, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I disagree with that. I think I think they're going to keep it very close. This is not an official pick. I think then they're going to the keep pick. it very close. Put, put your money on it. Seven and I'm a hook. Put, put your money on it. No, I'm not putting my money on it. It's going to get to nine and a half. So put that, record that, Frank. This is Wednesday at eight o'clock. It's going to get to nine and a half by game time. And then I'm going to take the Packers, but I'm not going to take them only with a touchdown right now. Oh, you puss. The whole show is recorded recorded too, by the way. So, Um, (laughs) Speaking of Rodgers, I think he won Halloween. He looked, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. With his John Wick. With John here. Wick, yeah. He looked good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely won Halloween with that. And he is totally like with with that too. He was using Halloween as like a window of like, hey, I'm Hollywood. Like this is more ho- this is more reason to be Hollywood. And like, look how good I look as John Wick. Like right. I, could be, I could be this guy. <laughs> there there are some wild ones. The some of the guys, uh DeAndre Hopkins, he was fucking the genie from Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. That was nuts. And uh I don't whatever, the avatar. He just went mm-hmm. two different blue guys. Miles Garrett, the groom reaper with all the sacks on his back. That was and they had cool. to do a he had to do a press conference with that suit on after the <laughs> loss. <laughs> <laughs> Browns, man. The Browns. The only good thing with the Browns is I do like the Baker commercials. I think they're funny. I think they oh, yeah. the at home with Baker Mayfield are yeah. commercials. They're like they're funny. So a couple trade deadline things. Um, what do we got? So, okay, weird one for me. Um, obviously, the biggest one's Von Miller. But before we talk about Von, I, I wanted to note this, the Mike Thomas thing. Uh, I just thought it was really suspicious that, like, nothing came out about him missing the rest of the year until the trade deadline. Like, was something going on there? Like, were they trying to move him? Does he want out? Like, what is his deal? Why has he been out so fucking long? I think he wants out um, simply because he could have had the surgery in the offseason. Um, and he chose not to. He chose to have it, like, right 
the week before camp started. Yeah. And so he would be out, um, you know, eight weeks or so. And now they said there were setbacks to it. I think he, he wants out of, out of uh, New Orleans and rightfully so. You're really want- similar to that Kawhi Leonard situation a couple of years back with the Spurs where his camp and the team's camp had differing medical opinions. And like Jay said, the timing of when he elected to have this, I heard Coach Payton say the, you know, the politically correct statement, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I agree with Jay. I think he's on his way out, and I don't think we're going to see him in a Saints uniform again. And, and I wonder if he's just – I mean, in the NFL, it's like the, the league where it's like, hey, remember that guy? And they were like an absolute stud for three or four years, and they were gone. I just – I'm curious if that will happen to Michael Thomas. Like, I don't mm-hmm. – I'm curious if he's going to come back the same awesome receiver. He will. He will. He's, yeah. he's too good. He's too good. I thought so. I thought so. Um, so what else at the deadline? We already talked about OBJ a little bit. Oh, Von Miller going to the Rams. How big of a deal is this? Is Von Miller still effective? Like, seriously, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, I th- it's it's a big deal because it's Von Miller. But, I mean, I, I think he's lost his luster. I mean, you know, he's he has a ton of sacks through his career and everything like that. I think he's on the tail end. I, I literally think he probably has about three years tops left. In, in the league. Um, and that's being generous with time. Um, I don't think it's going to be, he's going to make that big of impact on that defense already. You know, I agree with you, Jay. It reminds me of when Richard Sherman went to the, the 49ers uh, a little beyond the peak of his career on the way down. I think he is going to be re-energized, going to play well, but I think we've all made it clear on this podcast doesn't put the Rams over the hill or the favorites or even in the top two or three for me personally to come out of the NFC. Yeah. And I, I did, I did read though, that um, they're the Rams only owe 700,000 of his $9.7 million salary. Just Mm -hmm. feels like, I don't know. feels like they just got like worked there, but who knows, maybe he wanted out and they just said like, you know, go ahead. ahead. Give Give him his respects. Give him his respects. All right, you guys want to make some picks? Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. I'm doing them on the fly again, so I'm not leading off. I know Chandler's probably prepped, and I know J.U. is, but I'm I'm just not. I'm going to look at them right now. And I'm gonna make I'll some lead picks. off. Yeah, good. All right, um, I'm going to go mm, – you know what? I like my boys this week. I'm going <laughs> – Oh, shocker. I, I'm going with no, not the Cowboys. Oh, okay. I thought you were My saying boys. The boys. I thought you were saying the yeah. boys. Oh no, 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 no. This this week's the first week I'm not betting on the Cowboys. They are. So, they're like five and zero. They're like almost perfect against the spread. I know, but I'm going with a a road team going to Jacksonville to face a first year quarterback with the number two defense in in the NFL. I'm going with Buffalo minus fourteen and a half. Wow, that was okay. Check, uh, the, check. God damn it. Check, check. <laughs> right off the rip. We check, are just, check. we are sheep, J.U. You, you and me are just fucking sheep. Just wow. born, born sheep. They are passing the gavel back and forth, folks, for who is the shepherd it's every unreal. week. Folks, 97% of the money is coming in on the bills right now. A lot of points, but I'll tell you what. Jay's been good with favorites this year and favorites covering numbers. So tread lightly. I'm going to pick next. A <laughs> couple things I like here. Home underdog, 
up-down theory. They're playing a team who's won a couple straight and looked good in three straight and a player playing against his former team. It's none other than New England at Carolina this weekend. Carolina getting three and a half points at home. Stephon Gilmore traded from the Patriots to Panthers earlier this year. I think he makes a big play in this game, especially late. Patriots beat the Chargers last week, killed the Jets the week before, and should have beat or at least could have beat the Cowboys the week before that. They've been playing too good. They're getting prepped for a down game. I see it on the road with a team who might have their best player back. McCaffrey's questionable if he'll play this weekend. I don't care if he does or he doesn't. The Panthers are going to at least keep it close. Give me Carolina plus three and a half at home this week. Wow. Sometimes I never know where you're going, um, where you're going to land. And I literally wrote Patriots. Like I thought you were going with the Pats there. So good on you, Chandler. You always pick the ballsy ones. Um, you've had some tough – I'm looking at a lot of red. Tough Sundays, but, you know, we're, we're, we'll, get, we'll get back on track. We all collectively had a tough Sunday. We were all focused on college, so it doesn't matter. Uh, all right, I've done my scan here. Since I just did, like, an impromptu motherfuck big play slay um, and everyone thinks the Eagles are hot shit because they beat that high school team that plays at Ford Field every Sunday, I think the Chargers get back on track after a game they should have won at home versus the Patriots. Uh, the line is is pretty small right now. I could easily hear Chandler yelling Omaha on this one. Uh, but it is a West Coast team coming to the East Coast, which always no scares boy. me. But the game's at 4 o'clock, so it'll be, you know, it's just a 1 o'clock game for them in their brains. That's how that works. And they fly in that day. Everyone knows that. Chargers <laughs> cover one and a half in Philly. Uh, they get back on track. Um, it's going to be a good – the, the Eagles aren't good. The Eagles aren't good, and the Chargers are a better team. They're going to win the game. Minus one. Straight from the runway to the stadium. Yeah, exactly. It's not – you know, they got to – They're, they're, they're dressed – they even dressed on the plane so they don't have to go into the locker room. Well, at least pads down. You know, they come yeah. in carrying <laughs> carrying it like off the bus. No, and but it's good because it's a four o'clock. So in their brains, it's one o'clock. So it's just a one o'clock game. That's how it all works. I know how it goes. I'm a football analyst. I I like that pick a lot, Frank. And you know, I nice. actually had, I was I had that. There. I like that pick a lot. I'm all in with that. But um, I'm gonna go um, you know, with another game, the Titans. Rams game. Uh, Titans suffered a big blow this week with their Derrick Henry being out for the rest of the season with foot injury. Hopefully it's not Liz Frank, um, but uh, it's going to be an emotional game for the Titans. They, they travel to the West Coast from the Midwest. Yeah. Um, watch out you for know, that. Watch out for that, you know, but um, I'm going with the Rams seven and a half. Holy, right. we are going to be way down the list on the sheet. <laughs> oh, my God. Jay, you got both of them? It is going to be a middle-of-the-pack oh sheep shark today because I'm taking the third most lopsided game this week, and I'm taking the, the third most team that has the least amount of money on them, and you all know who it is, the team I've been riding all year. The G-Men! Yeah. Plus three at home. Against the Raiders, on a serious note, tough week for the Raiders. A lot of distractions. They played two good games before this week. After a big distraction a month ago with Gruden, I just think they're running low. It's a cross-country game. They're running on fumes. And not to mention the stuff that's off the field going on. The loss of Henry Ruggs on the field is also big, as he was one of their big deep threats. G-men look good. They were in it all week with the Chiefs. 
They've lost some tough games, but they're still in the playoff hunt. Give me the G-Men plus three, and I'll tell you what, throw a little salt and pepper on the money line. Give me the G-Men to win straight up. You are Ooh. so sick. I am so sick of uh, you know, the Giants. Frank would be like, that's a West Coast team going. You know, it's a one o'clock game. Yeah, so for them, it's like 9 a.m. they're playing. They'll be lucky to be on time. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that. I don't even they know. They might have they're... to be full, full gear. Yeah, they might have to, yeah, taped up, taped up too. Yeah. Because they don't want to swell on the plane. No, I, yeah. And they got to see if there's even flights available. It's going to be tough, <laughs> tough getting there. I hear Allegiant runs. Oh, okay, good. Good. <laughs> good. Well, hey, so. We talked about Jordan Love. We talked about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, fuck, you know, I show, I probably show too much love to the Packers, but I just like fucking teams that win. Uh, I know Rodgers is out. Like Chandler said, I think this line's only going to go up and up. The Chiefs aren't that good. They haven't been good this year. Mahomes isn't cool. That's confirmed not cool anymore. Uh, the line is seven and a half. I think the Packers can keep this game close enough. I think the game plan they put together, if they can get – uh, Jones and Adams back. They can keep this within the seven and a half that we have listed here. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers plus seven and a half. That's my mm. pick. Mm. Mm. I don't know about that pick. If, hey. if I'm, betting, I'm going, I'm going with the Chiefs. I think Chiefs roll. They finally get it together this week. I don't know. I've been saying that for four fucking weeks though, and they can't get it together. I took them on Monday night when you guys were rolling with the, with the G-men, and it was a three point <laughs> game that came down to a last second field goal. I just, I can't. If they're holding it. If Danny Dimes can keep it that close with Devontae Booker putting up 100 plus yards, all purpose yards, I think uh, I think the pack can with Jones and Adams. Well, yeah, it's Jordan Love kind of pissed down his leg. <laughs> and he might. And he might. Oh, man. Sheep all right. Shark bet of the week, boys. Jay, what number do you like better, one or two? Two. Two. Oh, oh, oh. The second option, both of these teams had 81% of the money on them. Jay pick option two, and guess who he gets to pick? His team he's been picking all year. That's right, the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys. hosting the Denver Broncos. 81% of the money is on the Cowboys. Shout out to DB. Shout out to PointsBet, DraftKings. <laughs> Thank you for supplying the statistics. JU, the Sheep Shark this week. In the fourth option of the week is the Cowboys minus nine and 81% of the money hosting Teddy Two Gloves and the Denver Broncos. Jay, we know who you got, but make it official. Yeah. Oh, give me them boys. We them boys. Yeah. We them boys all day. Uh, you know, I simply didn't. Hey, I'm jumping ahead here, Chandler, because we already know it's. We, I think we already know where this is headed. I uh, I didn't even pick the boys because I was nervous of like a third Omaha. Um, I'm surprised only 80 percent of the money is on it. The Cowboys have just been good this year and they've covered a bunch. It's at home. Uh, Dak should be back, right? Um, it's not at mile high. If the line, if it was in mile high, spooky things oh, happen God. at mile high. Here you are. You're you're scared of West Coast teams going to the East Coast, and you're scared of Mile High State. Mile High is a house of horrors. I've lost so much money betting against the Broncos in that stadium. Cowboys minus nine, nine and a half. Well, boys, you know the old saying, sheep travel together. And this week, for the first time this year in the sheep shark uh, bet, we're all going to be sheep. Uh, we're all going to travel in a herd, and we're all going to take the Cowboys minus nine. Because Denver is 
deflated after trading their team captain. And they're also deflated because you know what? They realized that for three and oh start, they just fucking stink. Give yeah. me the Cowboys minus nine. Give me the Cowboys minus 12 and a half. Give me the Cowboys minus 15 and a half. Cowboys rolled Denver this weekend. I'm with you. And it's just, you know, shout out Teddy Two Loves. You've put together an awesome career. You know, you've played in a bunch of different places, but it's just when you when you see him under center, you're just waiting for the next next quarterback to take over. He's never your guy that's going to like be your guy. I'm all for Teddy Two Gloves and his like he had a nice comeback tour with Carolina, but he's just a placeholder until teams find their find their quarterback. Sorry, Teddy. That's it. That's Sheep Shark. Uh, we're all on the sheep. We're all fucking shepherds. Chargers, Packers, boys for your boy. Bills, Rams, Cowboys. Jesus, Bills, Rams, Cowboys for Ju, the <laughs> ultimate shepherd. Holy shit. Um, and then, uh, just, I mean, we're just getting like predictable here. And then Carolina G men, and then Cowboys for Chandler. If he would have had Denver there, you know, I mean, people could just pick these for us, um, at this point, but throughout all this guys, just want you to know, we are 69 nice, and hey. 40, 69, 49 and two pretty crazy, pretty crazy Free picks people. These are free picks free. One note uh, Chandler should be shouted out for here. He is a perfect 8-0 on Monday Night Football. A perfect 8-0. So when we do our Monday nights and I put them on the story, you know, you might want to look Chandler's way. And I'll tell you one thing. If if the fucking game this week was a uh, was not a Monday night game, I would have picked it. Steelers minus six over the Bears. I just think the Bears are just such such shit. So that's it. All right, let's move into – let's close it out. Let's do some over-under here. Let's do some over-under. Let's see. So, Jerry yesterday sent me the list. Um, he sent it yesterday. He said sent yesterday because I think he was nervous after last week um, when, you know, we were, like, scrambling for it. So, let me pull it up here. It's in the email. wonder what he's got on the list this week. From the Jerry Bear, got to find it. Here we go. Over under five items. We got them here. Never seen them. We're going to tell you if these things are over or underrated. Jerry leans up, leads off with a LGRW, like he always does, as I appreciate it. So, number one on the list. Oh, wow. All right. John Stewart. John Stewart, political comedian, if you will, former host of The Daily Show with John Stewart. Number one, John Stewart, over or underrated. Um, I'll go first. I, I like John Stewart. I think he's, uh, you know, he took an F5 from uh, John Cena um, in the ring in WWE. Um, Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I like John Stewart. I think, you know, the stuff he has to say, it's, it's creative and funny at the same time. So I'll say he's underrated. That was one of JU's top 10 sports moments. John, yeah, John, right. We're getting F five from John Cena <laughs> wrestling. But I don't even know. I don't, know F5. I don't, know I don't watch F5, him. Dude. I'm not familiar with his work. I, I, I don't know. He's overrated. The I thought John Stewart, you know, chain like kind of birthed a lot of comedians from his show. Uh, John Oliver, Stephen Colbert. Uh, he kind of started a political show that had humor to it. They kind of boiled it down for people like me who doesn't understand stuff and, and made it funny and entertaining. 
Uh, I thought he was a funny guy, and he's written a lot of good stuff as well. So I'm going to say uh, underrated John Stewart. Good friends with Chappelle. I'm a Chappelle guy as well. Number two on the list. Apparently, Jerry went with, like, the TV Guide special this week. Um, number two on the list, Bravo or TLC TV, TV Networks. And, oh. then he, and then he has in parentheses, <laughs> Vanderpump Rules, Real Housewives, Below Deck, 90 Day Fiance. Who wants to destroy this? Oh, 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 oh. Go ahead, Jay. I will go. Um, fuck Bravo. Yes. Vanderpump Rules, fuck that. All the deck below, fuck that. But give me some TLC. Love TLC. Um, it's a big staple in the Call Creek house. Whenever we move, we're we're getting new TV service. We got to make sure the package we get has TLC on there. What's on TLC? There's a lot of we watch storage wars. What What? storage wars? Storage wars or something? (laughs) No, storage wars on uh, History Channel. Um, (laughs) Ninety Day Fiance is on TLC. Ninety Day Fiance the other way. Um, My big fat fabulous life. I love a mama's boy. All those shows. So, is it uh, over my, under, so we have Bravo and TLC. So what, what is it? Is it over ooh. underrated? It's, it's he oh, was says, and, oh, I think it was or uh, he says uh, Bravo or TLC TV networks, and then he writes Vanderpump, Real Housewives, oh, okay. Back, so, Fiance. I don't know what any of this fucking. I will have to go with underrated just because TLC's on. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Go ahead, judge me, judge so me. Speaking of. You know, you're you got the Cold Creek House and the Cerise House. It's it's a it's contention. Like I I cannot I cannot stomach the Vanderpump Rules, the Real Housewives, the Bachelorette, the the fiance shit. The reality trash TV kills me inside. I really really struggle to even sit with it, to watch it, fall asleep to it. I can't do it. I will watch sports on my iPad with these headphones on to not hear the shit on TV. Cause it's either so scripted. It's so fake. It's so superficial. I hate it. I hate the trash. I can't do it to everyone who watches it. Good for you. If it's just a pastime and it's entertaining, I understand. I can't fucking stand it. I'll watch like anything. I I'll watch like what on earth on the sci-fi channel over watching any of this trash mm. shit overrated like hell can't stand it. If Jerry didn't give examples, I couldn't have named a, a, a show on either channel to be quite honest with you i will say though Jax taylor main character on vanderpump rules eisenhower eagle graduated from my high school so little unknown fact connection to metro detroit nonetheless overrated mm. yeah and dude Jax stinks man you know shout out your school all that He's i, I don't know anything about him He's like, I have watched some of these and like, it makes me want to put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger. Wow. I wow. hate this shit. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's, that's out there. Yes. Yeah, him and Slay, man. I tell you. Number three, <laughs> number, number three, wearing a scarf. We'll tone it down a bit. Wearing a scarf. I don't wear a scarf. I don't wear a scarf. I own a scarf. Sarah's been trying to get me to wear a scarf every winter and, you know, do the good looking guy winter stuff. And I always just end up with like a hoodie and a ski cap. You know, so I'm going to say overrated. I don't wear a scarf. I'll, I'll go next. I love a scarf to finish off a nice winter outfit. Scarf with the pea coat. I like the look. Scarf underrated. It's the correct look. I'm not dogging that look or even dogging people who wear a scarf. I just, I haven't broken it into my wardrobe yet. And I haven't gotten used to scarf life personally. Chandler 
has the hair, the yeah. pea coat. I bet he wears the gloves. Ooh, leather. He, he wears leather. the gloves. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he wears the starch jeans with a pair of uh, a thong. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a pair of like maybe some Kohans or something, and you rock. You you look like you wear. You're a scarf guy. Um, yeah. I can't I can't pull the scarf look off. So I'm gonna say it's overrated. But I definitely see you. And good good on you. Good on I'm, you. I'm kind of surprised, Jay. I kind of pictured you like living downtown New York. You know, it's winter time. You're about to buy that X years that nice that nice watch or whatever you got her, and she's buying you the popcorn. And, and I just thought I thought you'd I thought you'd be a scarf guy. I don't know. No, no. I I, I think it's I, uh, no. I think like you got to look like Chandler to, to Roger. <laughs> Hair helps, and I could see him with like the muffs that like do this. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All up, right, not mess I don't watch hair. Bravo or TLC. <laughs> no. right? He's got yeah. the muffs no. right there. He's right? the muffs. Yep. He's got I see that too. The downward <laughs> muffs. <laughs> Number four on the list. I think Jerry's put this one on here before, but you know, I would not even blame him for this. I'm not hundred percent positive, but motorcycles, motorcycles over or underrated. I'm going to go. I think they're overrated. I have no desire to like ride a motorcycle. I think like people, people who do that's cool. I have zero desire for the motorcycle lifestyle. Um, you know, I don't really get like hopping on the hog and riding. Yeah. I don't fucking even know what I'm saying. Like I just, I can't, I, it's not for me personally. And just like what, like I had a buddy in college who wiped out on one who absolutely fucking wiped out on one. It's a miracle. He's alive. And it's just any turn that you hit the wrong way, you hit some loose gravel, you're toast. It's just, well, you got to worry about other people driving too. If you're in a car, if they hit you, you're going to be okay. But if you're in a motorcycle, they hit you, you fucked. And think um, about when someone's just like kind of in your lane a little bit, you're like, are you going to, you going to hit me? You're going to hit me. And you know, you're just going to get like bumped a little and shake. Like if you yeah. hit her in the motorcycle. <laughs> And I hate driving behind motorcycles too, because yes. like my thought process is, what if he hits a pebble and falls, and then I run this fucker over, and you're and at I'm, fault 100. percent Yeah, right. And then I have to live with that shit because this guy wants to ride a fucking motorcycle, you know. And then when they when there's cars, and then they go between the cars and stuff like that, I hate that shit too. But motorcyclists, they think they have the life of privilege; they can do things, and they're like, oh, watch out for motorcycles. I'm a motorcyclist. I'm gonna wear fucking a leather jacket and go into yeah. a, a yeah. bar and drink beer and fucking rock out with my friends. My name's Eight Ball and Cube yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. everything like yes. that. Yes. Overrated. Yeah. Snake Eyes, Eight Ball, all those guys. <laughs> They're part of Hell's Minions. Gary just wanted the return of the traffic podcast, I think. But Frank, <laughs> can we get the cut on hopping on a hog? Can you go back and cut that? <laughs> in the year but uh i i i just i'm gonna say the same sentiment as you guys overrated the uh (laughs) the thing you mentioned there ju was like when i was learning to drive my dad was like focused very specific about like two things one was like leaving the light on when it was dark for whatever reason like apparently that makes the vehicle blow up and then number (laughs) number two was like that was like you, you want to get any closer to this fucking motorcycle like dad like i'm i'm like a mile behind it he's like well you know that guy falls you run him over guess who's in trouble guess who's in trouble I'm like all right, hey, all right all right pops would know pops would from, know and guess what i'm gonna do the same thing to my kid just say just do the same fucking thing you run that guy over you're screwed are you gonna do the light thing too jerry got so lazy here yeah i'll do the light thing as well <laughs> around um all right number five jerry 
Jerry, whatever. I don't know. Tough one here. Uh, I think we've done this one before too, but number five, wrestling the real sport. So a little jab at JU there by calling it the real sport. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'll lead off here because I, I think this sport is very tough. Okay. I think it's a very tough sport. It's like man to man. It's like a lot of abdominal core doing all that. You know, they say if you wrestle, you'll be good at a lot of other sports. You got to maintain weight. I don't think it's not a sport or like anything that's not athletic. It it just it literally has zero interest of mine. Like I have zero interest in this sport or any interest in partaking in it. It's a lot of like skin on skin rubbing and just I don't know. I have I've watched it a few times. My cousin was very good at it, went to a lot of his matches. I just think it's overrated. Um, I'll go next. I think, you know, wrestling, it takes a lot of discipline. Um, It takes, uh, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, focus, concentration, training and everything. And but I just don't like the the thing that turns me off from it is the the fact of the cutting weight. And, you know, you see these high school kids, you know, that are, you know, not eating, you know, nice dinner because they have to weigh in tomorrow. They're wearing trash bags in the sauna and doing push-ups <laughs> and stuff all for an amateur wrestling meet or something like that. So I think wrestling's overrated. Right. <clears throat> I'm going to go opposite of you guys here. I think wrestling's underrated. Uh, to some of those same points, J.U., extreme discipline. I think it has some life lessons in that sport. And then I'm a big UFC guy. Wrestling is a big part of UFC. UFC, The ground game is a big part of the UFC. So I'm going to say wrestling is underrated. I think, I think like the sport of it, like is underrated entertainment wise. This is not for me. And like, I know like my cousin would always tell me like people don't bathe. They don't bathe for like a week. They smell like shit when they're getting up close to them. So they, I don't know, weird stuff. What a way to end the show. Thanks for that, Jerry. uh that's it that's episode 72 state gets the dub we're gonna get some bets this weekend thanks for listening to us guys michigan fans if you're still here hey we appreciate you um and better luck next year with that really you know i don't really know what else to say (laughs) hey follow us everywhere you can if you are listening on uh, apple podcast please go write a review we do appreciate it go follow on spotify we're also on soundcloud put them all on youtube as well Uh, Go follow the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, all the above. We really appreciate you guys listening to episode 72. Good luck on all the bets this weekend, and we will see you next week. Peace out. Thank you for the support. Baby bet, ay, Cobra X, ay, couple Grammys on him, couple plaques, ay, that's a fact, ay, throw it back, ay, throw it back, ay, and this one is for the champion. So just tell them ain't laying low You was never really rooting for me anyway When I back up at the top